My local coffee shop is my Penn State World Campus classroom, giving me the full Penn State experience online. It's home to thousands of students working together with faculty to advance our careers, change our careers, or finally earn our degree. My classroom is just like every Penn State classroom because it's getting me to where I want to be. Click on the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Stephen Jodderand. And on today's episode, it is an interview special. Jake, Armand, and I sit down with Las Vegas Lights FC owner Brett Lashbrook. We discuss the origin of the lights, the MLS expansion plan, and the potential transition in ownership. Now, listeners, wherever you get your podcast from, make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and then head over to Twitter and follow us at UncSamSoccerPod. We appreciate all the support, whether it's listening to the show or sending in your thoughts. Please continue to do so. Follow us individually at Steven Jodderin, at Jake Watroba, at Armand Kafai. We'll be back next week with World Cup and Gold Cup chat. Now, let's get to the interview. Joining us right now is the owner and CEO of the Las Vegas Lights FC, Brett Lashbrook. Brett, thank you for joining us, and how's it going? It is fantastic. Getting ready for our, our our next home match in the Soccer City USA uh, 2.0 right here in Las Vegas. <laughs> Brett, we've all watched the Las Vegas Lights, and we all know uh, what they bring uh, to U.S. soccer. And we know that every club has a story. Can you just briefly tell us what the story of the Las Vegas Lights are? I mean, you know, in their two three year of existence that they've had. I, I'd first like to know what you think we bring. I'd like to know it in your own words what you what you think we bring. Okay, I mean, to, to be honest with you, I mean, I've watched a few games on ESPN Plus. Uh, uh, most recently, watched the Open Cup match that you guys had, and I, it, it seems to be a very fun uh, at- atmosphere. Um, you guys, I think, know, uh, I think know uh, the role you guys have. You know, with the llamas, I, I love seeing them. The alpacas. Uh, I saw that you had the guarantee a, w- uh, a win night that you had at the beginning of the season. It just seems like a fun uh, atmosphere. I mean, I think it's very unique to U.S. soccer because we have some teams that, you know, that maybe aren't, you know, that, that don't do these kind of things. I think with you guys, I, the, I mean, the $10,000. Is that the word? Is that the yeah, word yeah, boring? Some, 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 are, some, yeah, some, are, some teams are boring. I mean, some teams at MLS are boring. I'm sorry. The, cor- the correct word in soccer vernacular is traditional. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You guys are unorthodox. Uh, yeah, unorthodox. Yeah, soccer authentic. 100%. Yeah, so so we embrace everything that you've just said uh, times a thousand. Um, you know, 
the entertainment capital of the world. It's the world's most popular game. We have an amazing, amazing platform of being, uh, having our games live every other Saturday night from downtown Las Vegas. I like to say, no matter where you are in the world, whether you've been to downtown Las Vegas or not, the words downtown Vegas elicits fun, laughter, kitschy, in your face, uh, coloring outside the lines to, to say the least. And I have always, always, always been a big believer that teams need to embrace the identity of their their city and need to do so uh, without reservation. And, and I, I always use an example of the Green Bay Packers will always be the Green Bay Packers, right? They will take that upper Midwest sensibility, hardworking, blue collar, even when they uh, they, they, they draft a kid out of California and they run the West Coast offense. They are still the Green Bay Packers, right? And the Los Angeles Lakers are always the Lake Show and they're always prime time, right? And they are always, uh, even when they don't make the playoffs, they are still the Lakers, right? And they elicit something in your mind, just like the old Celtics teams, right? You can go on and on. The, the Yankees that elicit something about that community and they represent that community. And I think sports teams should be the, all sports teams should be the exact same way. So, you know, all those teams I just mentioned have, you know, decades and decades and decades, if not more, of history to build upon, history and traditions and record books and um, all that aura. We don't. We got two years. And we have the, the fastest growing sport here in the city and in the country. And we have this just amazing, amazing platform of, of Las Vegas. And so two years ago, blank sheet of paper, no name, no team, no players, no, no anything, no tradition. Let's go have some fun. Let's, you know, there, there is an aspect of embrace where you're from unabashedly. And um, I, I worked in Orlando for a long time. And Orlando and Las Vegas have a lot of similarities in the fact that it's a, I'll call it a, mid, a middle market, right? It's not in the top 10. It doesn't have a major league baseball team. It's heavy tourism. And you, it elicits something, right? When you say Orlando, you immediately think of Mickey Mouse and everything else. And, and people in Orlando, quite frankly, have this love-hate affair with Mickey Mouse. No one in Las Vegas is embarrassed to be from Las Vegas. Does that make sense? Like, we wear it with pride. Like, yeah, we're Las Vegas. That's right. Are you listening, Reno? Are you listening, Tulsa? Are you listening, Albuquerque? We're Las Vegas. And so I, I wanted the team to embrace that swagger and that cachet. And don't, don't run from it. UNLV has run from it. UNLV has taken on this mountain man image and we're the old West. Forget it. That's not Vegas people. Vegas is what I'm looking at right now. It's with the strip and the debauchery and the fun and just the right amount of wrong. That's what we are, right? We, we are proud to be from Vegas and then creating something that is hyper local, right? It is embracing all those kitschy Vegas things, but then making this product for the locals. There's 2.3 million people here. And let me have a, you know, a shock. Everyone thinks 99% of the world thinks of Vegas as that five mile strip of all the, all the, all the big hotels of the 2.3 million of us. None of us live in that five miles. That's not the real Vegas. Right. And so doing something that's affordable, that's downtown, that's centrally located, that embraces the diversity of the community, but also still allows us to take advantage and leverage that platform of being from Las Vegas. Brett, we know U.S. soccer in its entirety is still relatively young, but you talked about the Packers being the Packers and the Lakers or the Celtics having that authentic identity. But let me pick your brain. You, you, you had the opportunity to work with Orlando City, but is there a club that you sense in American soccer that has some sort of identity or some sort of authentic past that people can really put their thumb on? 
Not all, not a lot of the new teams. No, um, no. And, and that's where I felt that there was a real opportunity. Um, the, the, the goal wasn't to go create St. Pauli of America. That, that was not the goal, but it's kind of evolved into that without putting the, the politics and some of the, 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 we have different visions, right, of, of what it should be, but really embracing something that no matter where you go, when you hear the lights, you immediately know that's fun, right? And I, 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 I really answered another question. I don't think a lot of team owners, um, I, I think they really, really get it wrong in this sense. I think a lot of them think they own a sports team and that they're in the sports industry. Candidly, I, I believe we own an entertainment company and we're in the entertainment industry. That doesn't mean we don't take the soccer series. That doesn't mean we don't take the 90 minutes series. That doesn't mean between the white lines, we're not trying to win trophies and win and do all that. Lord knows the 25 people in that locker room are trying as hard as they can tonight and we're giving them the resources because that is the best way to entertain people is to score goals and win. But at the end of the day, I can't guarantee wins. I can't guarantee goals, but I can guarantee that that working class family in Las Vegas, when they're going to plop down their 20 bucks tonight, right? When they're deciding whether to go to the movies or wherever, right? And they plop down that 20 bucks, I'm going to entertain them. And we're going to entertain them. From the moment they walk in to the moment they leave, I can't guarantee goals and wins. I hope we do. And we'll put resources behind to do that. But I'm going to give them a hype man. I'm going to give them music. I'm going to give them a DJ. I'm going to give them dance parties. I'm going to give them fun promos. I'm going to give them more confetti than when you see the Super Bowl champion celebrate. I'm going to do fun halftime stuff. I'm going to do beer specials. I'm going to do all of that. Because at the end of the day, I can control that. And I think too many teams lose sight of the things that they can control. And they just, they just put it all in the hands of, of the players, if that makes sense. But let me tell you something. At best, at best, 50% of the teams are going to lose this weekend. Right? That, that's, that's not a good enough business model to me. I have to also find ways to continually entertain and do so unabashedly. Brett, I want to ask you. How have you seen the game grow in the Las Vegas area during the club's short existence? Uh, just look at media attention. Just look at fans. Look at, you know, youth soccer was always robust here as it's been all over the country. Um, but but I, I like to say, especially in light of this week's announcement with, you know, the potential sale of the club and bringing MLS and redevelopment in downtown and having a new soccer stadium be the anchor tenant, et cetera, et cetera. You know, two plus years ago when I, when I announced I was, starting the team there was an article in the review journal an editorial of we don't need this Fox is not going to work here we got too many sports you know blah 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 it's not going to work here right and now two years later not only is it working here not only have we created this identity not only will we have eight plus thousand locals coming out to the game tonight uh but we have people at the highest highest level of business and elected officials trying to figure out how can they align with soccer to 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 reach even bigger goals to me that's the growth of the game here but we're we're just a domino that's helped push it along this is happening all over the US and Canada now Britain the first year that the first year of the lights what was the biggest challenge you had to overcome uh the biggest challenge is it listen it's hard to start a team it's hard, um, you know, to put my business hat on. You, you don't have any infrastructure. You don't have anything in place. Everything is being done for the first time. Um, and then you've got to go, you know, put coaches and players and everything else in, in place. So it's not rocket science. We're not carrying cancer here. Um, but but the, the toughest thing, the, the, the toughest thing of, of, of year one was also the biggest opportunity of year one. Nothing had been done. We got to write our own history. We got to write our own traditions. We got to write our own uh, um, 
story off the field, if that, if that makes sense. Um, and, and I think in year two, you see our on-the-field story getting that much better, just, just having our sea legs under us. Now, Brett, last year, the Las Vegas Lights hired Eric Winala to be manager. Now, can you talk about what it's like working with a legend and what he's done for the club? Oh, don't call him a legend. His head will get bigger. Don't do that. <laughs> I love you, Eric, if you're listening. I love you. Uh, Eric's been great. Eric exceeded all our expectations. Uh, Eric um, not only is bilingual, but he likes to remind me that he's trilingual because, you know, there's a lot of German speaking here in Vegas. Note my sarcasm. Um, you know, Eric brings an X factor here here in, in Las Vegas. And um, I, I think he has he has and does embody the spirit of our organization. And, and I say that uh, with a smile on my face, right? There's a moxie, there's a, there's a cockiness, there's a, there's a conviction of this is who we are. We're in the building and now you know we're here. Um, and, and, and he embraces that fully. But that's not what I like most about Eric. What I like most about Eric is that he's a former resident of Vegas. He lived here for 11 years. He knows the real Vegas story. He knows the real Vegas isn't that five-mile strip. He knows uh, you know, the, the, how to get around and where, where the, the, the secret restaurants are, if that, if that makes sense. And, and he loves Vegas. And as Eric and I got to know each other and I realized how much uh, he has wanted to get into coaching and the success that he's had um, and that he was willing to, um, again, right? This is, this is, this is, uh, we take it incredibly serious, but this isn't the resources of an MLS team. This isn't the resources of Fox Sports. Um, and, and, and for him to take those sacrifices uh, in, in stride and not even to think twice about it showed me that he really wanted to be here. He wanted to do it for personal reasons. I think he also, he's taken enormous pride in the, pride in the club. And everything I've asked Eric to do, he, he's, he's, he's done. And he's just been a wonderful, wonderful ambassador for the club. Brett, I want to talk about the the product on the field this year, a disappointing result in the U S open cup, but how have you felt the team has done so far this season? Uh, listen, it's unscripted entertainment, right? I mean, it was a, a heartbreaking loss, but it's also the beauty of the tournament. Um, you know, when Eric put the team together, he, he came in my office and he explained that the team he wanted to put together, there were going to be a lot of guys that were cap tied a cup tied. Sorry. Um, and so, so we knew that going in, but that's, that's no excuse. Right. Um, it is, uh, you know, Eric is the CEO of soccer, and I have full confidence that he, he will figure it out. We've made some moves uh, this week, and um, we are absolutely in the playoff hunt. And it's still early, my friends. It's still early. Now, Brett, I want to talk about, obviously, the news that you uh, mentioned about the potential of that MLS bid. It was announced on May 29th that the team was close to find an agreement, you know, with Las Vegas City Council for a redevelopment of Cashman Field. Um, we saw that that they agreed to go into negotiations. And what what is the latest on that? And how how if you can talk about it, would the transfer in ownership work that was talked about within that and in your letter as well that you uh, sent out social media? Yeah, so uh, it's a wonderful wonderful opportunity. So those that have been to downtown Las Vegas know about the Cashman District. Our our stadium sits on about 45 50 acres of land. Um, it's right on Las Vegas Boulevard. Um, the city owns a variety of land along Las Vegas Boulevard, and the city's been looking for years uh, how to do a massive redevelopment of the site. 
Um, you know, it was a, it was a finalist to be the site was a finalist to be for the new Raider Stadium. It was a finalist uh, or proposed for the new Amazon Two headquarters. The city has 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 explored a variety of different solutions over several decades, really of trying to figure out, hey, we've got this huge parcel of land in downtown Las Vegas, we could do something really, really special. Um, there has been an investment group that has come forward uh, with the idea of doing a massive, massive, just massive 60 plus acre redevelopment in downtown Las Vegas, which would just be, would be awesome. The, the, the mayor has made it clear uh, that she wants professional soccer, ideally major league soccer to be a part of that. Um, and so when we learned of the plans and were brought into the discussions, uh, the, the, the life as it stands today is owned 100% by my team, by, by my, uh, my family, um, and we love Las Vegas, and we saw what this was going to do. This was so much bigger than soccer. Um, so we have agreed to sell the team to this investment group, contingent upon them finalizing a deal with the mayor and city council uh, to do the following, redevelop 60-plus acres of downtown, build a 25,000-seat soccer stadium, um, and, and make attempts to uh, secure a Major League Soccer team. And I say attempts because no one knows what Major League Soccer will do, so it wouldn't be fair to, to hold them to something that, that they, they don't control. Um, but as I said to the mayor and, and on the city council uh, meeting this week, um, it's, 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 it is like seeing your child grow up way faster than you, than you ever thought, but you, but you know this is the right thing to do. And this, this secures the future of the lights for the next you know, many decades. Uh, and puts them in a better better position to uh, succeed. And candidly, I take off my lights up C hat and I just put on my Las Vegas taxpayer hat, my Las Vegas resident hat. It's just great for the great for the city. And, and I really think, and I've said this to multiple of them, but but it's not necessarily reported. I, I really think that the media is missing the the big picture of of this proposal. I think the Major League Soccer and the light selling have been getting the the lion's share of the attention. The reality is that this is a massive, massive thing that's going to create jobs and all kinds of things in, 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 in downtown, and that really should be the focus of it. Brett, what would your new uh, role be with the club once you sell it, or will you have a role? Uh, number one cheerleader, season ticket holder sitting <laughs> in the front row. Uh, I, I told the guys, I, I uh, you know, when someone new comes in, they need to have the ability to, to, to do their own things. Um, it has been nothing but a cordial, uh, uh, cordial I think of the word, uh, discussion, and I've told them I'll stay as long as needed to make sure that there's a smooth transition. Um, but 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 eventually I'll go into super fan mode. Fred, I want to ask you: you helped Orlando City make the transition from USL to MLS. How difficult was that transition, and do you foresee that being valuable when you, if and when? The lights make a move to MLS. Uh, well, it's funny that not funny, but it's it's just telling to how quickly the sport is growing in the U.S. and Canada. But that was five years ago ish. Um, uh, that they, they went from USL to MLS, and, and just look at USL. I think there were ten teams then. Now there's thirty seven teams. Um, the the I think we were the twenty first team in MLS, and now MLS has uh, awarded teams up to twenty seven. So there's the, the the sport is just growing by by leaps and bounds, and, and the number of cities and and, and investors and, and media attention, everything has just grown along with it. So it's a different landscape, just even though it's been five short years um, for what was accomplished in Orlando versus here. The big difference here is is that it's so much more than soccer, and 
Uh, here we have a private investor, as the mayor said, is, is agreeing to do the lion's share um, of the investment, um, where in Orlando it was just the soccer project on just a soccer stadium on just soccer land um, that, that needed, uh, candidly, a, a, you know, a, a good chunk of public money to, to make it work. So, so the similarities, uh, are, I, I know on the paper it sounds like a lot, but the reality is these are really two very different, distinct projects. But I have to ask you, I mean, we saw the news also coming out this week that uh, Bill Foley, the uh, Golden Knights owner, had kind of engaged in some discussions the past several months to potentially land an MLS franchise that would play in that uh, new stadium uh, for the Raiders. Uh, do you have any comments regarding that at all? Uh, t so uh, the first thing that I, I'll say, I said this a handful of times this week, my God, look at little old soccer. Look at little old soccer go, <laughs> right? I mean, I, mean I, I go back to two years ago, right? There's an article in the paper, the lights won't be successful, mm. right? And, 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 and today it goes back to what I said before. We have people at the highest levels of, of, of local business people and elected officials, you know, quote unquote, fighting over. Who, who can be aligned and who can invest and in, in, in where the you know soccer 2.0 in Vegas uh, should go. So so if I take my light a light pad off and I'm just a local Vegas soccer fan, what a great day for soccer, right? You talk about you know sustaining the the long term uh, growth and success of soccer in Las Vegas. I I think you you saw a pretty uh, clear statement uh, made on on Wednesday that that's uh, that that soccer's in a good place here here locally. As it relates to uh, Mr. Foley's interest, uh, you know, I, I, I'll say what the mayor said, competition is good, right? And uh, we think that there's three things that Major League Soccer is looking for, a market that demonstrates success, a soccer, a soccer uh, stadium, and a high net worth individual. And we think we've checked all three of those boxes resoundingly. Um, and listen, 180 days to, to cross all the T's and dot all the I's. There's going to be a lot of twists and turns during that. Um, and I'll, I'll end by saying, I think that what the Golden Knights have done here is amazing, right? I mean, I, the, the, having started a, a professional sports team in Las Vegas at the same time as the all-time greatest success, successful uh, uh, professional sports expansion team is, is, is down the street. I mean, they have done just an amazing, amazing job. So I, I have nothing bad to say about them. Brett, last question here. Where do you see the Las Vegas lights in five to ten years from now? In Major League Soccer, an international brand uh, representing all the things uh, that, that so many soccer fans wish their teams represented. And uh, what I mean by that is, uh, there's a lot of teams over in Europe and elsewhere where I, I just think their, their their hands are shackled by traditions and history, and this is the way it's always been done. And I think Las Vegas, again, gives a platform to really look at uh, not new problems, but new opportunities. And I think there has to be leaders in every industry. And I think, again, Las Vegas is just so uniquely placed for that. You put the, the support of, of the mayor and the community and, and the platformer downtown together, the growth of Major League Soccer. Um, I, I think the Las Vegas lights, and I, and I really didn't mean this, and I understand some people may chuckle. I think the Las Vegas lights are on its way to being an international um, international club. Well, Brett, thank you so much for the time today. Uh, please tell our listeners, uh, actually, I'll give you the floor. You can plug anything you want, whether it's a team, Twitter, whatever you whatever you want to plug away. Uh, the floor is yours. You know, I'll, I'll say this, support local soccer. 
that, that, that's what I believe. No matter where you're listening from, there is all levels of soccer out there. We all need your support. And at the end of the day, uh, soccer in, the, in, in America at all levels is dependent upon the fans, for the fans, by the fans, of the fans. Um, and so uh, I think teams lose sight of that. Um, but I, knew, I think fans also lose sight that they have local soccer uh, right there in front of them. And I just encourage them to support it. Those of you in Las Vegas, come on down to Cashman Field, sing, dance, cheer, march, drum, smoke, confetti, tifo, ole, ole, ole. Have a good time and be the light. There you go. Well, Brett, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Have fun. Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929 at Arundel Mills. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure for a minute, but then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.